Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Hey, do you want to hear about another argument I saw on Facebook? Oh, yay. Arguments on Facebook. That never happens. It happened again. Oh, no. What happened again? It was the weekend. Minding my own business. Lindsay comes to me and she says, look at this. Oh, She's holding up one of her new favorite shirts. And there is a big old blotch of ink right along the side of it. Did did she like leave a piece of a pen in her pocket or something like that? Yes. Oh, okay. And then that pocket went through the laundry. Oh. And and I'm in charge of doing the laundry. I didn't think to check Lindsay's pockets for pens and other items that didn't need to be washed. And so there's a black blotch on her shirt. Which means that she can't wear it anymore. She can't wear it. Like, it's in this phase right now where we fold it up and I've just kind of put it on the dresser because I can't. It's like, well, it's probably too messed up for like, I don't want to give that to Salvation Army, but it feels weird to just like throw it away. So it's not salvageable. You can't use like hairspray and try to get the ink out. Does hairspray work? Did you know the hairspray gets ink out? No, maybe I need to try that. <laughs> Anybody that grew up in the 80s news knows that hairspray does a lot of things, Interesting. including holding up your hair, but it also gets ink out. Needless to say, <laughs> I ruined some clothes that Lindsay forgot to remove a pen from before I washed them. Oh, that sounds like a very convoluted accepting of blame. <laughs> all, all I know is the way the conversation went, it was my fault. <laughs> I mean... Life gets busy. Things like this happen. It's just unfortunate that there's bad consequences. Sometimes things go through the washing machine that aren't supposed to. Did you put something through the washer that didn't belong, Debbie? Yeah, a duvet cover. A duvet cover? Now, why shouldn't it have gone through the wash? Well, because it was light-colored, and it shouldn't have gone in with an ink pen. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the duvet cover was definitely the problem in there. Yeah, it was. It wasn't the ink pen at all. Definitely not. The problem was it wasn't my duvet cover. It was my daughter-in-law's and my Oh! Oh, wow, the story just gets worse. Oh, man. She was very gracious about it, and it was the side that didn't show very much, but... Still, it wasn't mine, and I was trying to help. Yeah. So then she had a a reason to think of you every time she saw the duvet cover. Now we know duvet covers don't go in the laundry (laughs) if a pen's also in there. That's exactly right. By the time you have the third kid, there's not an awful lot of things that make you gasp in surprise because, (laughs) number one, you're too tired, and number two, you think you've seen it all. Yeah. So when I heard my mother exclaim very loudly and very despairingly from the laundry room, I knew something was up. Oh, boy. It was kind of along the lines of a... Oh, no! Like that. So I mean, really, everybody came running. (laughs) So we're all standing in the doorway of the laundry room as my mother starts pulling out piece by piece by piece of a light load. Uh Uh-huh. That was brown. Uh Uh-oh. And it wasn't just your typical brown. It It looked oddly like a waxy brown color had gotten onto... All of the light-colored things, including one of my mother's favorite dresses. Waxy brown. It was a brown crayon. Oh. And the brown crayon had gone through the wash and the dryer. And that just melted it all over the place. it melted brown crayon onto everything in the light load. And (laughs) she was like, 
who did this? <laughs> my dad started taking steps backwards. Uh-huh. My sister and I both turned to my little brother. It was just like we just pointed at him. <laughs> now, you know, there are constants mm-hmm. in life. One of those constants is laundry. And another of those constants is Ruined laundry. Sometimes you put something in with the wash that wasn't supposed to go in the wash. We had a guest staying with us, and she got one of those commemorative glasses from an event and put it in a blanket and put that through the wash. Oh, so boy. we had a, a busted-up glass that took quite a amount of time to get out of the wash, I can tell you. How do you get busted-up glass out of a washing machine? Very slowly and very... <laughs> You constantly run cycles and then look and then run a cycle and look with like a minute. It was, uh, she was really embarrassed. Oh, man. Dr. Heidi, when you have to come up with a parenting philosophy, that's hard enough. Coming up with a parenting philosophy in harmony with either your spouse or a co-parent, that can be extremely difficult because human nature, what should we do? (laughs) <laughs> that is a great question, Jen. And I'm going to solve it in three minutes. Sweet. I'm not, right. Uh, <laughs> three simple steps? Three simple yeah. steps, right? So it's complicated, yeah. right? It's complicated because opposites attract, mm-hmm. which is great and exciting, except when you're trying to make decisions together. And then... <laughs> And then it can be fireworks, right? And, you you know, before the marriage, the theoretical conversations about children are always so easy to handle. They're so easy. And then you've got the personality of your child, right? Which then compounds things. What worked really well for you growing up might not work well for your child. Maybe it worked well for that child's older sibling, but this one, you're just hitting misses all the time. And then you've got two opinionated parents trying to figure it out. Right. Right. And we can get really stuck in that moment when we forget that our spouse is usually operating out of a good value, mm. even if their option is different than ours. And what I mean by that is that we get really caught up into like, why would you do that? That's ridiculous. Or, or why would you let them have a cell phone? Why do you think it's a good idea at this age? And so we can get really caught up into actually arguing about a cell phone. But if we can slow the conversation down and talk about, well, but why is that important to you? Mm. Why are you so committed to it? Maybe your spouse is concerned about safety. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're concerned about communication. Maybe you're concerned about who they're talking to on their phone. And so when we can slow the conversation down and get away from just the outcome or just the behavior, a lot of times we can understand better where our spouse or co-parent is coming from because we hear like, oh, wait, they actually have put some thought into this. They're not just shooting from the hip. So you're saying we shouldn't assume. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> we shouldn't assume, A, that we are the, quote, better parent. Yes. And B, the other parent doesn't have the same amount of love and care that you have for these children. Exactly. I think this can be especially hard if you're an extrovert trying to communicate to an introvert. I tend to think and talk out loud. My husband's more of an introvert, so he thinks things through really well, Mm -hmm. and then he will say them. So I have learned that he is right a lot, and (laughs) if I slow down and listen to what he has to say, there's usually a really good reason behind it. There's a lot of, oh. Exactly, right. And I have good reasons, but so does he. And so slowing that down recognizing that, remembering that he does have some really good things to say. I'm not the only one with a good opinion. It is so important. And often we have to take pride out of the equation. The thing that's really helped me when Lindsay and I come to differing opinions or even just someone else that I'm working on a project with is someone who disagrees with me didn't come to that opinion with the express goal of being wrong. (laughs) Yes. 
or being yes. different from yeah. you. Or being different. Like, they <laughs> have a reason why they believe what they believe, and it's not just to mess with my life. Exactly. Yep, we have to give them that benefit of the doubt. We also have to think about when we can't come to an agreement, what do we do? And at that point, the goal is to find common ground, but sometimes we can't find a common ground. And so at that point, after you've identified where you each are coming from and what your values are, it can then be helpful to say, okay, we might not agree, but what's the best for our child? And then have a conversation about what are the pros and cons of each perspective? What is the cost? And how will we know when we need to shift? Because again, parenting is a big experiment. Our poor firstborns, right? It's a big experiment. (laughs) And sometimes things work and sometimes they don't. And so when you can, again, set that pride aside and say, okay, we have different values about this, but let's try this. And if it doesn't work, we will adjust. You can bring peace and harmony to a very difficult situation. Five words you don't want to hear from your child. You lied to me, mom. Oh, what? Okay, well, I know nobody said that to you. No one said it to me. (laughs) But our friend Luann was telling us that her daughter was a little upset with her. Really? Because I can't imagine Luann lying to her daughter. I know. She's such a wonderful woman. Yeah. But her daughter confronted her about a little lie that she might have told her. Oh, no. What happened? I, I missed this. I, I have honestly no idea what you're talking about. Luann, out of the goodness of her heart, gave her daughter a hand-me-down car. Oh, that's so nice. They, they were yeah. able oh, I know to, her daughter to, had, had yeah. some issues. Yeah. She had some car issues. Luann was able to, to upgrade. And mm-hmm. so she passed along this car to help her daughter out. Oh, that is so nice. And as she passed along the car, she said, you know, the one thing, I'm sorry, it doesn't have remote start. I know that really comes in handy here yeah. in Iowa. Yeah. Especially this year. Turns out that was the lie. Wait, how? Because Luann's daughter was complaining about how she wishes her car had remote start. And then Luann's daughter's friend looked at her and she said, no, look, look at that button on the fob where it says times two. That means if you push this button twice, it will remote start your car. Oh, my goodness. How long long did Luann have that car? At least five years. Are you kidding me? She literally, she came into the office yesterday and she goes, you guys, I am legitimately angry right now. For five years, she had a remote start that she didn't know she had. Didn't know she had it. (laughs) I got a call here. Who's this? It's Luann. Hi, Luann. Hey, Luann. Hey, I want to just say to my defense, the car dealer that we bought this car from said it does not have remote start. So we took it for what he said. You you so. just believed those car salesmen. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> so does the car you have now have a remote start? Yes, because I had it installed. <laughs> Did they and get in there to install it and say it's already there? <laughs> no. No, 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 no. I suppose we could look at these as God's little lessons in humility. Yeah. <laughs> you think you understand the things you own, and then you realize they have functions that you had no idea about. You missed the boat a bit. So I moved in my new apartment, and I got one of those nice waste baskets where you step on the little thing at the bottom to lift the lid. Yeah. Mine didn't work. Oh. It wouldn't lift the lid, so... Hmm. Okay, that happens every so often. And my grandson was over one day, and he goes, Nana, why do you lift the lid all the way? You should just step on this thing down here. And I go, I know, I know, but it doesn't work. And he goes, did you know there's still a little piece of cardboard down here? (gasps) The the little little remote. And I'm like, well, you know, 
It takes a five-year-old who's more down at that height, I guess, to let Nana know that that was still down there. That's like the trash can version of, have you tried plugging it in? Exactly. You know, it was my friend Heather, actually, that rescued me from a lifetime of unnecessarily rinsing dishes in my sink because I didn't realize that the button on my dishwasher that said rinse was a pre-rinse cycle. After six years of being able to drive, my uh, new wife finally pointed out to me that uh, the thing on the car that shows air blowing on somebody's feet will let you turn the air conditioning on and blow on your Your feet. feet. So we just want to know, what's the boat that you missed? I was in a friend's car several times and I saw these buttons on the dashboard. Sometimes they were lit up, sometimes they weren't. Didn't know what they were for and I finally got up the courage to say, what? are those buttons? I cannot figure it out. And my friend said, what are you talking about? And I said, those Asian soup spoon buttons, what are they? Asian soup spoon buttons? Those are the seat heaters. <laughs> it does, It kind of looks like a takeout bowl with some ramen coming out of the top. It does. It's a little... <laughs> Heat things coming out of it. So that's what I call it now. Turn on the soup spoon. <laughs> How long did you have it before you knew it did that? I don't know, a year. Wait, okay. <laughs> and you, you just didn't yeah. push it. You were like, I don't, I don't know what the consequences will be. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes they were just on magically and then other times they weren't. So I think somebody was messing with me. Okay. Oh. So that's what we call them. But turn on the soup spoon. to be to heat up the seat. Oh, now that man. I know what it is, I use them with abandon. It's awesome. <laughs> There's so many buttons. There's so mm-hmm. many buttons, so many knobs, so many levers, so many things on technology. I mean, is it any wonder that we figure out how to work anything? You know, we could read the manual, or oh. you could just wait until somebody shows you you have missed the boat on something your vehicle can do, like Amber. I get this new vehicle, and I'm pumping gas in it and whatnot, and I just couldn't figure out why the little door... For the gas tank, why it wouldn't have like a little finger lip on it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to get my fingernails under there and I'm trying to like, you know, yep. pry it open uh-huh. to, to put some gas in, you know. And this went on for a few weeks, a month, whatever. How did you get it open? It goes open. You just got to really get in there. <laughs> so, anyway, my boyfriend and I are in town and, and he's going to fill up with gas. And he opens up the car door and I hear this. And I was like, what was that? What, what, what was that noise? And so anyway, he fills up and he gets back in the car. And I said, isn't that just the pit? It doesn't have like a little finger lip on there and that you can't open that little door. I mean, who thought that was a good idea? And so he looked at me and he goes, you're kidding, right? And I said, no, what, 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 what do you mean? And he's like, there's a button right here. You push this button and it pops the little door open. Oh. Oh. Okay. If you are a last child or even a middle child, I am sorry, but right now in this room, there is nobody representing you. Yeah. Taylor and I are both oldest children. So we just want to say we oldest children paved the way for you. We had our parents had spreadsheets, mm-hmm. charts, rules, regulations. They read schedules. all of the books by I mean, people who'd never had kids it in their was lives. Like right down the line. And then all the other children came and we looked back and we were like, hey, what? what? How come he gets to do that? Does this sound familiar to you, Katie? Yeah. And just a reminder of it brought forth the anger again. <laughs> so so you're like an older child who watched this happen. I'm the oldest. Okay. I'm the oldest. So are we. We're both the oldest, too. Yeah, we can all commiserate. Yeah. yeah. 
So I'm in high school, and I'm getting ready to go to my first dance. And the day before, my mom's giving me this whole talk about everything. And one of the things she throws in there is, you know, I don't care how late you're out, you're coming to church in the morning. Yep. And, and I did. Well, flash forward a few years, and we're talking about my brother. He's the middle child getting ready to go to his first dance. And she goes, yeah, he probably won't be at church tomorrow because he's going to be out really late. And I went, oh. wait, 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 excuse me? <laughs> Whoa. You said, and I repeated the whole conversation because <laughs> apparently I had stored it in my subconscious. Wow. And she goes, well, and I just said, whatever, that's why I'm tougher. <laughs> <laughs> and guess who can make it all night and still get up for work right here? saw a Facebook video last week and it was a comedian basically portraying the differences between an oldest child and a youngest child. And I had to laugh because I think a lot of that has to do with the parenting. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> There's differences the way you parent an oldest child down to a youngest child. I remember when my oldest son wrote his name on his bedroom wall as a toddler, we flipped out, you know? Oh, yeah. But then when the youngest does it, it's like, throw a frame over it. We're good. It's a beautiful picture. <laughs> you know, you find yourself saying things that you never thought you'd say as a parent, like don't lick the wall. And <laughs> don't lick the TV. Don't lick the cat. Things like that. And with the youngest one, it's like, just lick it. It saves me from having to clean it later. <laughs> All right, so whether you are the parent of multiple children or you were a child in a number of children, you know there's a difference between parenting the first child and all the subsequent children afterwards. You got an example of that? I am a parent of one, but I am a child who is fifth out of five. Oh. That's so a unique perspective on this. <laughs> I bet you do. I, yes, I do. My oldest sibling is 15 years older than I am, and the youngest is eight years older. They were done with spilled milk and all of those things. Everyone else had it at the dining room table. I remember this. I ate on a tray in the living room watching Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) And to this day, I struggle with the family meal. It's like, ah. Where's my tray table? We have something that might at least warm you up on the inside. A friend of ours named Susan calls us occasionally, and we love hearing from Susan. She's got great stories, but that's not the only reason why we love hearing from Susan. She has the kind of laugh that will raise the temperature of your heart like 10 degrees. <laughs> so we, we've just collected some of our favorite Susan laughs for you this morning, so you get to enjoy them with us. <laughs> It makes me so happy. I know. I can't listen to that without... Hold on. on. It's like... This stuff's pretty good. Here it comes. There's just so much joy in it. I know a little bit about infectious laughter. Jen's got a good one. (laughs) So can I just say, Susan... I bow. I bow (laughs) to the master. She might have Jen beat with infectious laughter. I really think laughter is truly the best medicine. It is. We're not real doctors, but we can order some laughter and see if that will do things. We want to hear about the good laughs in your life. I don't want to boast or anything, but I would say it's mine. Um, Really? Back when I was in college, my good friend um, used to call me Chuckles because I had like this laugh that, like, I chuckle when I laugh, I guess. 
Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Taylor, say something oh. funny so she laughs. Uh, why does a chicken coop have uh, two doors? I don't know. If it had four, it would be a chicken sedan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that uh, awful? Yeah, Isn't that awful? Warming you up mm-hmm. by listening to the, well, your impression of the big, <laughs> funny, interesting laugh in your life. Who's it for you, Caleb? The one that always brings me joy is my fiance's laugh. Oh, oh that's a good thing. Yeah. When she laughs, she sounds like she's coughing. Okay. All right. So show us her laugh. It's really hard to do, but it kind of goes <laughs> like that. How's that again? <laughs> Like that. So it sounds like a, a car starting. <laughs> kind of wheezing. Yes, but it always brings me joy when I hear it. Oh, that is That's so good. sweet. That's oh, good. my goodness. Yeah. My teeth hurt because you're so sweet. <laughs> Doesn't matter how funny the joke or the movie or whatever it is, the funniest part is always that person's laughter. Did you have one of those people in your life? Besides me, I know you have me. Oh, my goodness. Jen, you've got a great laugh. My friend Galen Doyle from college has a legendary laugh. Legendary? I mean, he had the kind of laugh that I I wouldn't even remember what it was that we were laughing at because his laugh was hilarious and infectious. Describe it. Well, it was very high. Like, you almost thought he was crying at times. Oh, really? But it was like, it would start off with kind of a shriek, like a... (laughs) And then he'd kind of like get to the end of his voice and be like... Are you... Like, Sounds like a dog whining. I, you, I know. It was like at first I was concerned, but then you'd see. And I mean, like his face is all scrunched up and the biggest smile. And he is like wheezing, crying, laughing. It's, it's like, it's like. And, you know, he'd like try to talk through it. It was the best laugh I have ever heard in my life. Oh, my goodness. We would do things just to make him laugh so we could listen to him laugh. That's fantastic. Hey, do you want to hear about another argument I saw on Facebook? Oh, yay. Arguments on Facebook. That never happens. No, this this was a fun one, though. Oh, a fun and, argument? And I felt it speaking to my soul. Oh, why? It was between a husband and his wife oh. about the clothes that he had left on the floor in the bedroom two inches away from the hamper. Why does that happen? Well, and he had an explanation. And oh. I got to say, it's a pretty good explanation. Oh, please do tell. He said, well, these clothes, they're not dirty, so they don't go in the hamper. But they're not clean, so they don't go back into the dresser. It's like, haven't you ever, you know, you come home from work and you wear a t-shirt for like, I don't know, maybe a couple hours and then something else comes up. You got to get changed for something. Mm-hmm. You don't want to. Like put that in the laundry? No, you 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 didn't no. wear it enough to merit right. washing. So you don't fold it and put it back in a drawer. Well, no, because it's still got you on it, <laughs> and so like if you fold it up, it would contaminate everything else in the drawer that is like pristine, perfect, clean. So you need a place. To stash it halfway between its destinations. It's I mean, like, what, it's what? like the the laundry rest stop. Oh. Like it, it's it's eventually going to get to the the laundry, but you know what? Maybe tomorrow I can get another couple hours of use out of it. Maybe. And once you accumulate enough aggregate wearing hours, <laughs> then you can put it into the laundry. But in the meantime, it can just take a break at the laundry rest stop. And what did the wife say about this? Uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> just like that. Oh. Oh, I, I may be paraphrasing, but that's what she said. Oh. So a laundry rest stop, the place where the laundry goes between its destinations. It's a simple enough concept. It, it has left the drawer, so it can't go back. It's burned that bridge. It's too dirty to go back in. And it's not ready to go into the dirty clothes. So you have to have a laundry rest stop like Sienna. I have a laundry rest stop. You do? Yeah. Okay. I do. Where, where is it? In our bathroom. Between the end of the shower and the wall, there's about a two and a half, three foot space. That's like a short counter, and underneath of it is a drawer. So the drawer is where the dirty laundry goes, and on top of it is the rest stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That makes great sense. Who uses it the most? Me and my kids. You can Only when the kids' clothes wind up there, they almost always never get worn again, and I usually wind up just throwing them into the laundry. Exactly. <laughs> they sit there for like six months, and I'm like, these aren't going to get worn again, and I've gathered enough dust that they're dirty now anyway. So. <laughs> All right, Jana, do you have a laundry rest stop in your house? I do. It's an extra hamper so I can drape things over because you don't want them to get all wrinkled. <laughs> So all you use the hamper for is to drape the clothes over. Uh-huh. There's nothing actually in the hamper. No. Nothing actually goes to the bottom of the hamper. It's just on the sides of the hamper. Uh-huh. Was that why you bought it in the first place, or has this been a uh, applied solution? I used to use that hamper to actually put clothes in it. Okay. Well, then I upgraded, and I have, you know, this one for whites and, you know, four other ones that oh. I separate my clothes out. Humble wow. brag. But my pit stop is one that has a lid on it, so, you know, it's not like things can sink down into the hole. Right. That it's makes just sense. just for draping. It's yes. a draping hamper. Why would you want to put them on the floor? Because they're going to get wrinkled. Because he doesn't have an extra draping I know. Hamper. I don't have a draping hamper. I don't live this fancy life that you live. Well, hey, mine cheap compared to the people that have the treadmill hamper. Yeah! Oh. Treadmill! Oh, yeah. The Taylor and Jen Podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.